welcome back to yet another pod episode of flight school podcast i'm so proud of you right now i know i am just realizing how tired i am we just recorded a hell of a pro podcast with so much news and the and the week's catching up with me but um that doesn't matter because it's the most exciting time of year for college basketball fans um it's Martin Madness time. It's roll. It's roll your your television into the classroom and learn about fractions and and probability and, and all that good stuff. Um, such a good time of year. Uh, a weird year this year, as we'll get into. But nonetheless, glad that we're even able to have something like this this year. Um, but before we get into the madness that is ahead, we got to recap what happened for. UNC uh, this past week. So um, interesting tournament for the guys. Definitely some momentum building, um, I would say. Uh, we had a ginormous win. We clowned the hell out of uh, Notre Dame. Had a tough fought battle against Virginia Tech, which we won. And then a um, an interesting game that we'll dive into against Florida State where we ought ultimately were knocked out of the ACC tournament. Um, but before we get into specific guys, um, where, where, whatever, what is our mood heading out of the ACC tournament? I think it's immensely confident. I think, I think all the fans were rightly angry at, at the end of the FSU game. Cause I think they got, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans and the players, I believe think they got, I got robbed out of a win and, it's honestly best case scenario for a player. Like you want to, you want to feel like you just had an ACC title ripped from you so that you can prove to the world. Like, you know, I'm, this is you know, kind of cliche talk, but those kids are angry. They are, they are very mad at the world and they've been, they feel like, you know, what a time it is for UNC sports to where we're one of the most storied programs in all of sports. And we're listed as the number one dark horse candidate. That's weird, and I don't think any of them like that. I don't. I think they want to be considered one of the number one candidates to win it, and just outright. Because in my mind, they really are. This is a tremendously talented team that is hitting their best basketball in the last two weeks of the season, minus a couple losses here and there. But you know, those happen. What, like I said before, if those losses came in a, and we didn't lose a couple of the other ones, it'd be fully understandable. Um, I think we played an amazing three games overall especially considering they didn't play up to the caliber. I think they're even capable of yet. They almost, they very easily could have won the ACC tournament. And I don't think a lot of people had that pick going in. So I'm immensely confident at the same time. I could see us not playing on Saturday, not playing on Sunday. So (laughs) we'll see. This, this team is immensely hard to predict how they're going to come out and play. What I will say, and this this is kind of alluding to what Jonah was talking about, is not only is this the most confident this team has been playing, it's also the most consistent. And we still haven't reached our ceiling. And it only feels like we're getting closer and closer to playing at our ceiling game by game, which is what you want to do as you head into the NCAA tournament. You want to be playing your best basketball right now, and you want to be playing your best basketball when it matters most. I feel like that's where we are, what we're doing. But it also remains to be seen. Like Jonah said, we could totally lose in round one and that'd be it. 
because that 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 this team is very capable of doing or putting up a performance that is far from satisfactory. Yeah, and I think um, the most important thing that I learned from the ACC tournament from us is that I finally felt like we found our identity as a team. We solidified our identity as a team, and I know we're still going to be as you know inconsistent as hell, but we finally seem to find who we are um, as a team and have confidence in what that is. You know, we could go really far. We could get knocked out the first game. Um, but I th- think the guys are confident in, in what they are as a team and what they're going to do um, every game, whether they're going to execute it or not is a whole nother story. I want to make a quick point, just kind of a aside is that I haven't been so viscerally angry about a game of basketball probably in two or three years. I, it's been a long time. That FSU game sent me through the roof. I was incredulous. I was livid on Twitter. I was angry in my living room. You know, I accidentally spilled a cup of water, pissed off my myself and my dad. Like, it was one of those just like, it was so anger-inducing, primarily because I wanted to lose by getting beat, not by, you know, a full minute's worth of bad calls. Um, I won't get into that too much because I think it got a lot of press. It was a pretty horribly officiated game by what is, by all accounts, a good ref. I question that now. Um, Who is actually out of the NCAA tournament? Himself and Ted Valentine are both out, along with four other officials due to a COVID-positive test and contact tracing. However, Duke and NC State fan page of each school mentioned how bad the refs were. And how they that's how you know it's bad. Us. That's yeah. how you know it's bad. That's when how you NC know State was... fans are like, I don't know about these. Guys. I don't know about this. <laughs> when like... NC State is like, oh, UNC, yeah, I it's chipped. Like, well, when, 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 especially NC State, Duke fans, it, it's it's a little less surprising, but NC State fans don't give UNC any credit. NC State oh, yeah. fans don't give UNC any credit ever when you have an NC State fan page saying, I just, I'm not sure about what's going on here. You know things are really bad. The one thing that I want to highlight about that game, other than the refereeing, um, because we could we could talk about it for ten minutes, but it's just going to anger us, and it's it's just not worth it. Um, is what worries me? I think for these close, scrappy games in the NCAA tournament, it's been a problem all year. It's it's free throws. We missed 11 free throws in that game, y'all. And yes, there were some terrible calls. Um, and we should have we should have won that game even with the missed free throws. Um, but you miss 11 free throws and you lose a game by by you know three points. You make half those half those free throws, you win the game. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, I don't think it's something you can magically fix overnight. Um, but I just hope I, I have confidence that this UNC team from this game and the Virginia tech game can play scrappy enough uh, to win games where they're underperforming in one area. Um, but I mean, if you have free throws going against you and you have the refs going against you or you're in a game and we can't hit a three to save our life or we're getting out rebounded, um, it's really hard if you can't at least count on uh, making the, the easy baskets to get you back in the game. Um, and we did it once this season against FSU earlier in the season. I don't see us replicating that. 
Um, so it does concern me that if rebounding isn't going our way, if, you know, people get in foul trouble, if we aren't hitting our shots, um, that could be sort of our Achilles heel um, for the postseason. Um, but other than that, I think the positive thing from the ACC tournament is, again, I mean, these dudes, I think, ignited a passion I haven't seen them play with um, in a while or that I'd only seen them play with in in the games like against Duke, those bigger games. Um, and they played with that passion consistently because the games were intense and the games mattered. And that's what I love that we're carrying into the tournament. But go ahead, Jonah. Those are going to be, I had two main points coming out. One of them was a little more dull. That was free throw shooting because I've harped on it so many times. What's so frustrating is in that blowout over Notre Dame, we were 14, 18 still like that was, that's a pretty solid shooting night. Um, how you can go from that and be 14 to 25. I have no idea. And then you mentioned the FSU game. Last time we played FSU, we were 27 or 30. I don't really – obviously, the team has it. It's a mental lapses. I mean, you saw at the end of the game, Dayron Sharp misses two in a three-point game. Like, I don't know really what you can say about that. That's just piss-poor performance from an amazing player. Um, he's a guy that will drain two and airball one. I don't really get <laughs> where um, the free-throw shooting comes from. But uh, – I think this would be something of interest for you, though, Adrian, considering you weren't able to watch uh, much of the games, if any. Um, something that really flipped in the ACC tournament, which this UNC, that UNC has not seen yet, is UNC has one outside shooter, and that's Kerwin Walton. And every single team teed off on Kerwin Walton and didn't let him have an inch of space. That He literally couldn't catch the ball. And that changed all three of those games at different points. Notre Dame obviously got out of hand, especially in the second half. But that Virginia Tech game, Kerwin did not hit a three. The FSU game, he didn't attempt a three in the first half because they were so suffocating. And one of the first things Roy Williams said in his pressers, the NCAA tournament, is that they it was probably a good thing because now they're game planning for it. They're making Kerwin run more off screens. They're making more screens for him off ball. Now, I think despite it being a big factor of why UNC got knocked out of the ACC tournament and struggled at times, that could be an immense asset for both the tournament and moving forward for Kerwin Walton's development, knowing everyone knows he's a good shooter now and he'd got a taste of it early. And I think it's going to be fantastic for his development because he got punched in the mouth and he didn't know how to respond. And now he's got a hall of fame coach teaching him who's worked with a Wayne Ellington. He's worked with Danny green. He's worked with Marcus page, you know, Kobe white, all these amazing shooters. And he knows how to get guys shots, especially when they're the only shooter on the team. I don't know how he does it. That's going to be fascinating to watch, especially as a really good defensive team in Wisconsin. I have been calling for Carwin to get more off-ball movement, to to have more plays called for him, specifically called for him to move around um, the court so that so he can get more free and open. Because I felt like at, at some point this was going to happen. I am glad that it happened early. I, this is, it could be, it might not be quick enough or a quick enough turnaround to be super impactful for the NCAA tournament this year, but especially in the years moving forward, the fact that he's gotten a taste of it, not only in his freshman year, but in the ACC tournament of his freshman year, he's going to be ready to do this sort of thing in big games moving forward throughout the rest of his collegiate career um, as they continue to game plan for it and figure out ways to get him open. Um, and that's also, I think, going to help Caleb Love's development a bit as a point guard, because 
UNC's game is so predicated on getting the bigs involved, right? And and that involves getting the ball in the post, getting the ball in the post, and, and finding ways to get our bigs involved. But if you have a shooter that is playing off screens and trying to get to the wing, that provides a different type of pass for Caleb Love to make. And maybe he'll struggle with it early on. I don't know, but it could also free up elusivity um, and how he operates you know whether it be passing to Kerwin or passing in the paint it might it might allow him to turn the ball over a little bit less which would be cool that is exactly what happened in the second half against Florida yep. State he didn't attempt a shot you saw Kerwin started doing the Steph Curry turns and started running <laughs> through double screens and he got a couple shots as soon as he hit one he shot another one and another one and Dayron got a dunk and then Kessler found a slip in and then Mondo was wide open in the post. People were like, man, look at the paint open up. It's like, yeah, no shit. It's like, you know, you have the best shooter in the ACC near, near so at least numbers wise, getting open looks. People start to panic when a 41% shooter starts to hit. And he start he started pulling from you know NBA range and people were like oh no and they started coming <laughs> out and, he, and they started over pursuing on screens and going over yep. screens and I think it was a light bulb and I think it was so good for that team because they were down da- if they weren't down double digits they would have won that game right then and there but they had built themselves such a hole and Roy had to finally smack it smack it into their heads like yo this is what they're doing and. It takes a while for freshmen. I think it really clicked for Kerwin. And that's why he was able to just start splashing and Caleb started finding him and hitting his own shots. Like it was a light bulb like we haven't really seen this year, yep. except for maybe Kerwin's Duke game, uh, the first <laughs> one, which yep. we like, this is what we see what this kid can do. We finally saw Kerwin get an answer for an issue he's had. And I think you, I will be shocked if Wisconsin doesn't try similar tactics and we just got to see how they come out of the gate. Cause I expect Kerwin to be hunting early on. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of talked about, I wanted to say two more things before we sort of move on to the, um, the big, well, the rest of the ACC tournament. The big dance. The, the big the dance. dance. Um, you know, you touched on, on sort of how he was able to, get he got knocked in the mouth um he didn't know how to respond and then we finally did some different uh different off ball movement in the second half and and creating shots for him and then he started hitting that was my favorite thing is that he was able to sort of turn it on once he got those good looks that was awesome um that goes to show the type of player that he is um and i know we talked about it before the second thing if you had told us um, as much as we love Kerwin and as much as we understood how good Kerwin could be, if you had told us at the beginning of the season that entering the NCAA tournament, teams were going to be game planning specifically for Kerwin Walton and specifically denying him the ball on offense, we would have been like, what are you talking about? You know, did someone get hurt? Did like, what happened? It's like, no, like Kerwin's, growth over the season and his importance to this offense um are beyond what anybody could have expected in in year one um and that only means that he can improve from here um which is just gonna be so wonderful whether it happens you know in this in this tournament coming up or uh the rest of his career i could Um, i could very well and this is this is looking far ahead but if Kerwin continues to develop on the the trend or the upper trend trajectory that we see him going 
he could very well be a first round pick in the NBA. And maybe, maybe even a back end of the lottery sort of pick because what the NBA is, is predicated on right now specifically is not only three point shooting, but three and D. And if Kerwin Wong can develop his game on the defensive end, can continue to develop his body into an NBA caliber body, he's going to be very valuable, not only to our team, but potentially to an NBA franchise uh, moving forward. And, and I think if you had said that Kerwin Walton could be um, a lottery level talent um, coming in as a recruit, it might've been something that we all would have questioned a little bit because obviously Kerwin's fantastic. We all knew Kerwin was fantastic coming in. You just don't always know what to expect. So. Yeah. Um, But yeah, let's, let's move on from there. um, And let's, let's go towards the, the big dance. Um, what we should mention, um, if, you know, those of you who are, you know, the basketball fans who fill out brackets uh, but don't pay attention to much before it's time to fill out the brackets, um, we got to talk about what happened across the country for, for some teams, but hit the ACC especially hard, it seemed, um, during the ACC tournament. Um, we had several teams, uh, Duke and Virginia, notably pull out of the ACC tournament due to COVID positive cases. Um, Duke, uh, I mean, Duke was playing really good basketball, um, you know, wasn't going to make the NCAA tournament without uh, an ACC tournament win, but was playing well, had to pull out um, Virginia, uh, played, played a game, one on a buzzer beater, had to pull out. Um, it made it very weird where the ACC champion, Georgia Tech, only played two games in the ACC tournament. Um, which was just really strange. Uh, but more importantly, moving forward, um, there's, there's two major things that have, have been going on. Virginia um, has been in sort of quarantine for most of their team, um, trying to determine who's positive, who's not, who they can take with them to Indianapolis. And they haven't left for Indianapolis yet. Um, most of the other tournament teams who have been selected, um, they've traveled to Indianapolis. They're establishing their own bubble there. Um, but Virginia's really dealing with it and scraping through, and they're not going to be able to actually get into Indianapolis until Friday night, um, and they play Saturday. Uh, so that's huge for them um, and what's going to happen for their tournament. And what's, I think, scary about the whole thing is now we look at a Duke program that had one player test positive and pull them out of the tournament, and now we see seven, seven players um, after we've gotten more into the incubation period and the incubation period is passed for these players, we have seven positives on that team. Um, if that happens with a Virginia or with a Kansas, who's also, who also had to pull out of their um, conference tournament due to COVID issues, um, we could see some real issues um, in the NCAA tournament operations moving forward. I certainly hope we don't see it, but um it's it's scary to think about um and it also i'm not surprised because it's the ncaa but it is baffling um and idiotic and just um a complete lapse of judgment that the ncaa tournament didn't think to post to put a week between the conference tournaments and the ncaa tournament why they didn't add a buffer period um there's, there's no good explanation, at least in my mind. 
Um, you knew this was a possibility all season. Why jeopardize the biggest event um, of all these team seasons um, just to run it at the normal times? Put They should have put a week between the conference tournaments and this tournament, um, but that's not what happened. And now we're dealing with teams that aren't going to get to practice before their NCAA tournament teams. We're dealing with all of these issues. Um, and it's hopefully not going to be a huge mess, but it kind of is already. Um, but what, what were y'all's thoughts just, just moving in from the transition from the conference tournaments to the, the big dance? I had the same reaction initially, honestly. Like, I mean, I had no idea. Whenever people started, I kind of forgot how quick of a turnaround it was. I mean, champ week and, and then the tournaments, it's literally five days or so. And it's just like, it's kind of jarring. Um, and I just, I started thinking about it. I didn't think about it until Duke got kicked out of the tournament because of COVID positive. I was like, oh crap, if they somehow pull together a resume, they might not have players available for the tournament. And then an article came up like an hour later saying it's like, you know, such and such teams, if tested positive, might not have a quick enough turnaround. Virginia is getting to the bubble on Friday and their game's on Saturday. Like, that's just so chaotic. And it's quarantined for that, like, whole day leading up to the game. Like, probably get to practice the day of. Like, it's chaos. Um, you know, I have no idea. I'm with you. I know there's a lot of money involved, a lot of this, that, and the other. I don't see how they didn't have, this, have the wherewithal to game plan at least just two weeks. Just an extra week is all they needed. Um, because if players did positive, it's not enough time to recover, but you're not risking the entire tournament of that right, by allowing the bubble to get compromised. I don't know. It seems silly to me. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. It's yeah, it's pretty stupid, <laughs> if we're um, being honest. But The NCAA, you know, what do you expect? Yeah, exactly. what do you expect? I mean, and in, in even to, today we saw that um, – I don't know if y'all saw, I forget the player's name, but one of the Oklahoma's uh, players uh, tested positive and will be out for the first weekend. Um, and so, I mean, we kind of already, I think we kind of already expected things like that to happen, but um, I don't know. You, you, it's like we talked about with the NBA earlier in the year. You, you wish you had seen something uh, in place to, to game plan for all of this. Yeah. But... Differences, NBA's regular season. This is the prime like yep. this this is the tournament this is what everyone cares about um the most so yeah i don't know there, if there could be some really big i don't know what the ncaa plans to do if there's positive tests and the team can't play and if matchups get skewed and timelines and if they even move forward with the tournament or if they decide that you know what if if you have too many positive tests you just can't move forward and so you have to to forfeit or sacrifice your spot. Like I don't know. I don't. We we don't know what the answer is or what's going to happen moving forward. But I'm worried. Um, I don't know. I'm worried. That's that's all I'll say. I won't really speculate yep. more. Um, I'm just I'm worried. Um, but I think UNC fans are also a little worried about our first round matchup uh, on Friday um, against uh, Wisconsin. Um, it's, it's one of those teams. Um, if you're a UNC fan, you remember Wisconsin. Um, you remember them pretty well. Um, but if you're a casual fan and you look at their record, you go, oh, well, they're 17 and 12, right? You know, what's, what's their big deal? Um, well, the, the first thing is that the, the big 10 
has been um, one of the most competitive uh, divisions in college basketball all, all year. They have been beating up on each other um, all year. So their, their record, I think, is not indicative of their level of play. Um, the other thing that is going to frustrate me to no end for this game is, again, if you remember Wisconsin or you've seen this play this year, they play that Virginia-style slow win with 50 points basketball. Grind it out. And I hate it. It's effective, but it's I, – I hate watching games like that. Um, I'm much the biggest, more – The biggest positive that I see – is that we play a Virginia team, which is better at at executing that style of play than any other team in the nation. And we've already played them twice this year. Now, have we played well against them? No, (laughs) but we have, we have a team that we can, that we faced that prepares us for this style of play. Um, And I feel like we are playing much better basketball now than when we played Virginia in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree a lot with uh, what Adrian says there. They're not quite a 2-3 zone style. They're not even technically a pack line. They're really just slow you down and play terrifying defense, like make you make you slip up defense. Um, I'll say two things, one comical, one not. Uh, that being, we, we are 4-1 uh, and one when we turn the ball over 20 or more times. So <laughs> let's hope we do that anyway and see if we win. Um, no, um, the second is that as much as UNC fans are terrified of Wisconsin's defense, I don't think it would take very long to get on a Wisconsin fan forum and them for them to point out, man, look at UNC. Wisconsin had a negative one rebounding differential in the Big Ten, which is 11th in the Big Ten. They are terrified of us on the boards, just as we are of their pace and their, and their grinded out style. That's exactly what they're thinking when it comes to our offensive boards because they've seen Walker Kessler come alive. They've seen Mondo have a 20 and 13 game in the ACC tournament. They've seen Dayron Sharp have a fantastic game. And they see all these players. And now, if we can. And that doesn't mention Garrison issue, Brooks. That doesn't mention not Garrison even, Brooks. <laughs> doesn't mention Garrison Brooks, the ACC preseason player of the year. And if they can, and if we have game plan now for them to take Carolyn out of the game, or at least try to, and focus all that, if we can get Carolyn going at all, I think it's game over because I don't think they're going to be able to handle us in the paint. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and and say UNC will win this game. Um, it's going to be tough. I don't I don't think it's going to be easy, and I could very well see Wisconsin winning. They are a really tough team in a very tough conference, best conference in basketball this year. But I think in the tournament, grind it out, it's nice and all. But what it, when it comes down to is what does your offense do? Not necessarily is it the fastest and best, but can you hit shots? And if you're not hitting shots, are you getting the rebound? That was the one thing against FSU. They could match us size for size. I don't think Wisconsin could do that. Um, the only team in our side of the bracket I think that can is Baylor. And we get to that at another point. But yeah, I think Wisconsin is a bad matchup for us style-wise. I think they're a good matchup for us for how we kind of want to play our game offensively, except for the run and gun. And if you can get them on the, if you can get them running, I think it's good night. Um, The only other thing that, that worries me um, that would have worried me a lot more like three weeks ago um, than it does now um, is Wisconsin's one of the most experienced teams um, in this tournament, very upperclassmen heavy. 
Um, and that, that means a lot more than I think people give it credit for, especially when you get to, to the tournament. Um, so I am nervous for if this game gets out of hand um, early. I think that's the one thing that UNC has to prevent it. Um, I'm not saying we can't go down early, um, but if we go down double digits um, by the time uh, the first half of, you know, the first half uh, is over, I'm a little bit worried about our chances for that game. Um, I'm not going to predict the winner of this game on air uh, to save <laughs> to save uh, our chances. Um, but I, I will say I, I'm, I'm worried, but I also think this is the, the perfect test um, to see how far UNC can go in this tournament. Um, I, I loved the, the perfect representation. I don't know if he's actually watched any UNC games, but it feels like someone who has. Shaquille O'Neal put out his bracket. He had UNC beating Wisconsin and Baylor and then losing to Nova. And I was like, that is brilliant. I think that was like, that's a really good pick, Shaq. Yeah, I think that I, could very well happen. I think we could blow out Baylor and then lose the Nova by 20. Like, I genuinely could see that happening. I could very much see that happening, too. It, it, it's very funny. And, and I guess that kind of – I don't necessarily know if we want to talk about Baylor or Nova or any of those impending in, in teams. I th- I think it's it's safe enough to talk about Baylor just because and y'all y'all could disagree but just because I you know by the time we record the next pod um, if we do get the chance to move past the first round we will play another game before we record again right um, so I don't want to talk too much about Baylor um, but let's just answer the simple question um, do do we have a chance and I know the answer is yes we've we've said before that if we play our best basketball, we can beat anybody in the country. Um, but realistically, coming off of what's going to be a hard-fought game, no matter what, against Wisconsin, um, what are y'all's feelings about that potential Baylor matchup? Well, it's interesting. I underst- I realized that Baylor's 22-2, and two, and they've had a very good season. I'm still not convinced – I, I think they might be the worst one seed of the four one seeds. I think they are too. Um, I fully agree. So yeah. I I could very well see Carolina not only beating Baylor, but being able to kind of dominate Baylor. Um, I I don't necessarily, I don't want to predict one way or the other thing. Baylor is still a very competitive team and they have a, a real shot at making it far in the tournament. Um but I really like UNC's chances against Baylor compared to say if they had played Michigan um, as if Michigan had been their one seed. So. I, I think it's going to be interesting. Baylor, they, they have looked so vulnerable yet. So dominant and very much like UNC. So it might just be a roll of the dice to see which team shows up for both programs, but with them playing that kind of no middle defense, I think there are aspects for UNC to pick through, especially if they, you know, run some high lows, do some interesting stuff with off ball movement, particularly with their big men, because let's be honest, Baylor has the uh, advantage on at the guard spots. They do completely. We got two freshmen, three freshmen. If you clue RJ, they're going to, they're probably going to get tormented a little bit. And that's the biggest key to the game against Baylor. Get the big men moving, but can Caleb love, 
keep his head up. And can RJ Davis get RJ Davis get proper minutes? Because RJ started to look a lot better in the ACC tournament. He had moments where he looked unplayable again, but then he had his, some of his best moments uh, of the season. And like I mentioned, got to get Kerwin involved. You got to get some of these guards going. But I think they have a great chance against Baylor. I I think uh, you mentioned it, Turner, but I genuinely think if UNC gets past Baylor. The only thing that can stop them are themselves. And I genuinely think that, and I agree that Baylor probably have the, are the worst one seed in my opinion. I'd much rather play. I would much rather play them than Michigan or, or Michigan scares me. <laughs> I'd rather play Baylor than Iowa at this point or yes. Gonzaga. I think they're Baylor are terrifying. Um, well, the, the, all these teams, it's such a weird parody year, but um yeah, I I personally have UNC getting to the Sweet 16. It's going to be very very difficult, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I want to see how Baylor comes out. I really want to see how they come out because they did not look good in the Big 12 tournament. They got Turner. They got, yeah, and Turner Cunningham took them to task. And, and Turner, I'll let you get to to because I know you want to talk in a, in a second. Um, the player that I really want to see show up if we get to Baylor is I want to see Garrison Brooks show up. I think if Garrison Brooks shows up in the Baylor game, we have a very real shot of winning, but I think just, he, he has to show up. Or we could just do point God Kessler. Like if that's, <laughs> that's what needs to happen, we need a seven, one point. We can do that too. Uh, you that know, you can do that too. You know, I, I want to ask y'all something completely off script and so you're probably going to get a little jarred and that's okay. Do y'all have any favorite upset picks? I always look love looking for strong matchups. I was I gonna them. talk about that. Um, before we get to that, the last thing I wanted to say um, about UNC in the bra- in the bracket is is that um, for once I think there is no pressure, um, or is there's less pressure on these players to succeed. You know, we're used to being in the top four seeds. Um, there's an underdog mentality for the uh, for the Tar Heels pretty much the rest of the way, um, and I think that's good for that's this well. team psyche. Um, I, I mean, we we mentioned how they were angry. Specifically, Armando um, was tweeting out about how they feel like they got robbed. Um, I would not want to be a team in this tournament, uh, especially with. I feel like this is the most inconsistent inconsistent and unpredictable bracket that I've seen in a while. I don't trust any of these teams. I really don't. Um, I would not want to be facing a hungry, pissed off UNC team um, with a hall of fame caliber coach. Um, and that's all I'll say on that. I don't know. The, if other, that thing, the other thing that's on the line, Roy Williams is 29 and 0 in first round matchups. And that's his best record left going. The, the, the best one available was Clemson. And that wasn't his record. That was UNC's record. That got shattered yep. last year. The net Clemson ever beating UNC in Chapel Hill. The fact that Roy Williams is 29 and 0 is absolutely absurd um, yeah. in the first round. I believe he's 15 and 0 at UNC, 14 and 0 at Kansas. And that includes a couple of, the last time it was an 8 9 matchup was against Nova, I believe, in 2013. Um, and they beat him by, I think, it's like 78 71 or something. So, Let's just get past the first round. Keep that streak Please. alive. Please. That's all I want. We'll get bum-rushed by Baylor. Screw it. I just want to beat Wisconsin. Also, we own one. They did the one. They did the unspeakable in 2015. They yep. beat UNC and then lost to Duke. You can't do those things. Those nope. are the two things you're not allowed to do. Yeah. 
they I've always mad at them ever since. <laughs> That's why I don't like Frank Kaminsky. But favorite favorite upset that, and I haven't solidified my. I have an easy. Uh, my uh, mine's easy. I definitely have mine solidified. Colgate. Is it Colgate? It's not Colgate. Dang. I have I have Ohio beating Virginia in the first round. That's a very popular one, I think. And you know what? You know what? Right before we started recording this pod, I was like starting to think. I was like, Virginia's not going to be able to really practice. See, I yeah, I that's that's <laughs> I have that too. But that's I don't know. That seems to be a pretty popular upset just well, because of Virginia. And Ohio still crazy. And Ohio has like the Lamelo ball of this tournament, or or what I would call mm-hmm. like the Lamelo ball of this tournament. Uh, his name's escaping me at the, at, at the moment, but um, they have a. St- definitely nba caliber player on their roster uh and he leads them pretty much across all categories and the one thing that i feel like virginia struggles to stop even when um they they play against other teams and and they're more prepared is they struggle to stop elite level players they can stop stop teams and team production but if there's one star that finds ways to make things happen that can mess up virginia so yeah. I would say my favorite upset picks in terms of likelihood would, uh, I think that's a great one. Um, I think another one is North Texas over Purdue. I really North Texas are run a gun. It's going to be an interesting outfit. I think they're one of those teams that could lose by 20 or win by 10. Like they're, they're one of those who knows what the hell is going to happen teams. I love that. Um, Colgate is going to be really weird. I think, well, they've only played five teams. I think all they're 16 and one and they played the same five teams. It's really weird. Um, last one I'll mention Georgetown. You don't just go oh, to yeah. the East tournament. You Georgetown looks really that. good, and I don't trust Colorado that much. Like the Colorado is fine and all, but I think I think Patrick Ewing's up to prove something, and I love that Georgetown team right now. I think they're dangerous. Um, there's always a twelve-five, and that seems like the juiciest one to me. Um. Yeah, so I have two big ones. One which I know that I'm sticking with, um, and this this one's probably not been mentioned as much. I have Syracuse into the Sweet 16. I have that in one of my brackets too. Yeah, I at, at the very least, I'm I'm gonna pretty much flat out say they're they're at least winning their first round matchup. Um, Syracuse is just one of those teams that like. Every year, I swear they get notched into that like nine to eleven seed, and every year anybody who has to face them is like, "Are you kidding me?" Because like they haven't faced that two three zone, they don't understand how to beat it, and then Syracuse beats a couple teams because they haven't had time to prepare, and they make it into the Sweet Sixteen, and then people have time to game plan, and they they get knocked out. Um, aside from their you know Final Four run back in back in twenty seventeen. Um, 16 16 because right. we, we uh, unc beat them in the, yep. in the final four before That's playing right. Nova. I was, the malachi I was, richardson team i was i was uh <laughs> i was mixing up my my final four runs the, the 16 final four doesn't exist that's why yeah you're right um the only other one that i think i'm gonna stick with and this one's probably just me uh being biased <laughs> but i have i have winthrop over Villanova. I hope. I I wanted to us, happen too. I wanted to. For the sake of too. us not suiting up with them in the sixteen. Oh my! I the, don't want that to happen. The only thing to back myself up. Yeah, twenty three and one. They're twenty three and one, and um, 
Villanova just hasn't been the same since they lost Colin Gillespie. Um, and probably not going to hurt them in the first round. I think it hurts them, you know, in their second game or in the Sweet 16, depending on how far they go. But I don't know. I'm I'm feeling I don't am not confident in Villanova uh, as a tournament team, and so I have Winthrop uh, upsetting them in the first round. I think that's my that's my tastiest uh, upset that I'm probably going to keep on the bracket even after I change a bunch of my other picks. My dear friend Adam Jordan pointed out one to me that he he got he kind of got frustrated by. Do y'all feel kind of hard done by as well that VTech has a better first round matchup than we do? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that that's annoying. I I'm in. They're ten, that. and I'd rather play Florida any day of the week. Well, honestly, what I'm more upset about is who in the committee ranked Clemson above us and Georgia Tech. How did Georgia Tech get a nine seed after they won the ACC tournament? I understand they had a weird run to the ACC tournament. They still won the ACC tournament, and they beat a really good team to do it. Like, yeah. it's not like they just beat them. Like the fact they have to play a twenty-four and four Loyola Chicago team in the first round feels a little rude. Like not uh, only that, it, it's Sister Jane, she's going there. She's gonna be there. They're screwed. Like they are. They're done. So like it's, yep. Loyola Chicago is is that's why I was so anxious about when they were releasing the bracket. I was like, please don't let us be the eight nine in the West because then we'll have to play Loyola Chicago out of the gate and everyone in America is gonna hate us. Then yep. we're going to have to play Gonzaga and everyone in America is going to hate us. And I was like, please don't put us there. We're kind of in the FU bracket. No one likes anybody in our bracket. Like no one cares. <laughs> yep. Like Nova people are kind of over Nova. People are over us. They're, they're over. No one cares about Baylor. Like it's like, I'm no one's going to root glad. for Arkansas. I'm <laughs> very glad we're in the kind of the FU bracket that no one cares about. Cause that means if we come out, people won't be rooting against us uh, the entire time. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, it's not going to happen, but if it, if there is a two fifteen that happens, it would not, I don't like him as a person, but it would not shock me that much. If Rick Pitino manages the top Bama, his Iona team, cause Iona is not the best team, but Rick Pitino is a heck of a coach. He's very good in the tournament. I'm not very convinced by the SEC this year. And if there's going to be a top, a, a one or two seed that falls in the first round, watch out for Iona against Bama because Bama's, I think, kind of weak. And Rick Patino's going to have those boys juiced. You know it. I I think I would have to agree as much as I can't stand him as a person. But back back to Clemson. Um, the only thing I want to say other than they deserved probably the nine seed that Georgia Tech got and either us or Georgia Tech should have gotten that seven seed. Um, can we talk about how they also have probably the most boring matchup of the first round? Like who wants to see Clemson and Rutgers play? Absolutely nobody. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. The fact that one of those teams is a good chance to make it to the sweet 16 is weird and very, and upsets me. Like they'll be playing for a sweet 16 spot. One of them too. And I, that just switch them, switch like them. And I don't even know who, like, it, <laughs> that's just, that, that was just a mistake. I, I'm about to say, I, out. and I don't complaining about brackets is, is put, is put Georgia job. tech where Clemson is literally just flip them. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let Clemson have to face the, the wrath of sister Jean. The last <laughs> thing I will say that is very important that needs to change in the next couple of years. 
And I've heard seen the rhetoric a lot more this year than I have in recent years. It's, I've seen it in the past, but I've seen it a lot this year. Champions should not play in the first four. They should not. Nope. The conference champions should not be playing in the first four games the day before the tournament. And though that weird eight teams play in to play the one seed or whatever, it is bull crap. That a team who was knocked out of the first or second round of the tournament but had a solid regular season, they get to get slotted in as an at-large bid. But the automatic seed has to play a game before they're even really in the tournament. I think that's gross and kind of dumb and defeats the purpose of the NCAA of the tournament in the first place, which you used to have to win your conference tournament just to make back in the day. Yeah. And I'm a little sick of that. I want to see that change. There I is – I, I agree with that. Go ahead, sir. I'll let you say something because I have a question for both of you. I was going to say, I agree with that. Um, and I think you also saw some people, it's like, oh my gosh, we have Michigan State and UCLA playing in the first four. What is that? It's like, that's exactly what we should be seeing. Neither of those teams had great seasons. Uh, they were some of the last teams in. Um, they're exciting teams as far as watching them in the tournament, sure. But like, they should have to play an extra game to earn it. You know, the the app states of the world, um, these uh, these HBCUs that win their conference tournaments, like give them their spot. You know, don't don't make them compete to to make the 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 real thing. Um, so I completely agree about that. But what were you gonna ask, Adrian? Actually, I, I I came up with the second question. So I have two questions for you. One, how excited are you guys for the Florida State UNCG matchup? Oh, 100. Wes Miller is going to take him down. That was going to be one of my upsets, but I didn't think it was an upset because that's how good UNCG are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my second question is, what team do you guys have making it further than you think most people have them making? Let me look at my bracket. I mean, I, I'm not even sure because I'm just y'all so y'all agreed with me, but mine was was mostly um, Syracuse as a Sweet 16 team. Um, I don't know if more teams. Um, you know, don't don't have that. Um, I have Georgetown I getting to the Sweet Sixteen. Wow, I mean, I, have, I, I could see it. I have Georgetown beating FSU in the second round. If if, if FSU gets past UNCG, which they probably won't, um, the Fighting West Millers. Actually, th- watch out! God, what's his name? I already forgot his name. I feel terrible because UNCG has an absolute stud on their team. Do you guys know his name? I do He's, not. He is a, my head. He is a high flying nightmare. I'll I will put it up and I'll tweet it out. We use the flight uh, school podcast uh, Twitter to put it up. Um, but they have an absolute like rim rocker on their team. I think what's his name Isaiah Miller or something like that. Some I think I think it is Miller. I think I because I was like wait why like why there's a Miller coached by by West West Miller. So that sounds right. Um, I think it's Isaiah Miller. I have to check, but he is an amazing, they, they have an amazing rim runner um, on their team. That's just a high flying guard bound to make at least one or two interesting plays. But um, I don't trust SU consistently. What consistency was, we saw that we saw this us. They've almost blown two leads in a row against a good UNC team, but a team that wasn't playing well. Then they went ahead and lost to Georgia tech. Now I respect the heck out of Georgia tech and Turner's favorite player, Jose Alvarado, but <laughs> You can't be losing to Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament after you just shut down the internet saying we're the hashtag new bloods, and then you lose to the rambling wreck and the fight. Not, and you had just the nerdy. I, did you guys see the Alvarado 
and the uh, what's this uh, and Pastner, the the, yes. the post game interview. That is yep. one of the most horrendous things. I just John Pastner being like, "Hey Jay, I love you, Jay Billis. You guys are great. I love you guys. Come here, buddy." And like, God, it was awful. It was just sounds like Morty, and I'm over it. However, the fact that they lost to that team. I just don't see Florida State getting to the Sweet 16 because every time we think they're good, they just blow it. And I could see – I genuinely could see them using, losing to UNCG. I could genuinely see them losing their second-round matchup, potentially whether it's Colorado or um, uh, Georgetown. It's interesting because I, I think I have more faith for them to get to the Sweet 16 if they win that first-round matchup um, than anything else. I think that's probably their toughest uh, test. Um, to getting to the Sweet 16, but I, I'm also I'm totally with you. Uh, new bloods is something that they've been using all season, and it's the corny. You thing you ever. gotta win a championship before you call yourself a new blood. Yeah, yeah like, like if they Nova if they Nova the is a new blood. Yes, they won in the 80s, but they're not considered a blue blood. Right. Like, yeah, if you if you win a chip this year and then you want to go next year and call yourself you know new blood, then yeah, cool. You know I I whatever, but like. <laughs> Win something first. You didn't even win the ACC tournament. You got to win uh, something. You got to win something. They've won one ACC tournament, and that's like it. Yeah. I hate yep. it. It's um, crap. That's dumb. It, it's, it's, it's weak. Adrian, I'll let you – I know you've been trying to say something. The only other upset I want to talk about on my end um, is I've been hesitant to pick it so far, but I think if Michigan State wins their first game, um, and I might have them in, in the Sweet 16 as well. The number um, one. I think they're one of those teams that could be terrible, but they've all, it's been their season. They've been amazing and pulled out some great upsets, and then they've been terrible. Um, but I don't trust BYU. Um, Texas could either be great or they could be terrible. Um, so that that's another upset that I could see happening. Um, but go ahead, Adrian. Well, that that puts me right into what I wanted to talk about. I think Texas is a very dangerous team. Um, and a lot of people have Michigan coming out of, out of the East bracket or out of the East wing. I have Texas coming out of that wing. I think a Shaka smart coach team is always dangerous, especially in the tournament. And they are, they, they have a lot of seniority on that team as well. They are really dangerous, like and really, they really match dangerous. Matchup against UNC, it's an automatic dub. Like we just can't yep. beat Texas. We yep. just can't. Well, I mean, it's funny you say that, too, South. because uh, I might change it. Who knows? But right now, t- Texas is in my Final Four. Um, I'm not too Final opposed to it. That's a good team. It is a really good team. Yeah, I, I have them in the Final Four in every bracket of mine, and I even have them in the championship in one of them. That's, that's how I am with Iowa. I have Iowa in yep. almost every Final Four for me, just because I think there's – I disagree. I think, I think they could even be bounced out before the Sweet 16. But we'll Yeah, see. but I could literally say that about every single team. <laughs> yeah, that's, I what, could, that's what I said. Where did they go? Yeah, and That's so what's I, crazy about this year. The parody's kind of insane. Like, there's there's no real dominant team. Some people say Michigan Gonzaga is dominant. I don't think either one. I think both of those teams could be bounced out before we get to the, the Elite Eight. So – Absolutely. It's a wild year. It's fun. And, and obviously we're going to have more to talk about as the tournament kind of rolls along and, 
And after maybe a couple upsets happen, it's going to be interesting next week when we talk about it too. I think would be we could be getting close to what would be a perfect bracket. And this would be my last point. I think we came very close to the perfect year. And I think, I think that was the 2019, no, 2018 year. Uh, it was, I believe it was a Theo Pinson or can't remember which whenever we lost it's not why it was good it's because there was upsets out the wazoo Loyola chicago made it to the final four everything was sensational that was 2018 yeah but then it ended with nova winning and it was like not to hate on nova but nova were expected to win and they just kind of coasted and then won a couple easy games at the end it was like oh it's dang like that kind of sucks like that right because you wanted a 10 seed to win or something you wanted it just to be chaos and you wanted cardiac kimba you wanted to just stupid tournament and it was except for like a one seed still won it i kind of want it to be like an eight a 10 a 12 and a 15 or something (laughs) i just want i just want something off the rails like that's what i really want if unc doesn't win it i want it to be chaos i think it very well could be too it very well could be this year and and hey unc is an eight seed so that fits right into that plan so there, there you have it but Unless y'all have anything more to add, um, Jonah, give us uh, what I what I gave you. Uh, it, it was less of a direct recommendation, more of a uh, of a de- declaration. Because I came in and got on a nice little conversation with you boys, and I, you guys are at it. And it's because Adrian made some weird off the cuff reference and he was saying that carly ray jepson is just the call me maybe girl and you said hell to the no that is a canadian queen and one of the best pop icons of the modern era and you know what i went back and listened to her whole discography and you're right you told me to start with you know emotion side b emotions got all the bangers on it we all know the tom hanks classic i really like you and run away with me and whatnot but you got bangers on like four consecutive albums from carly and Guys, listen to Carly Carly Rejection. She's the queen of dance pop. She laid the foundation for Dua Lipa. Shout out Tournament Got. What can I say? It's a a partying time of year uh, with what we got going on. Uh, But that's going to do it for us uh, for our uh, fun-filled college episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at flight underscore pod. um, And have fun watching these games this weekend. That's all I got to say. Peace. I will.